0: This is Jim Harmer and you're listening to the Improve Photography Podcast. Support for today's show comes from Poster Burner. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, check out PosterBurner.com. Poster Burner offers high quality custom posters and canvas prints of your photos at affordable prices. Go to PosterBurner.com slash improve to get an additional 10% discount on your order. That's PosterBurner.com slash improve. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I am on the line today with one of the listeners of the show. As I mentioned in some previous episodes, um, I'm going to start doing a series uh, and kind of drip the episodes in periodically of, of interviews, se- an interview series with listeners of the show who are doing interesting and cool things in photography. Um, you know, I'm always amazed by seeing the, the work that people in the Improved Photography community are doing. And so I just kind of wanted to highlight that and get to know a, a few of you better um so today i'm talking to daniel grove hey daniel hi how's it going thanks for having me on great well uh where are you what what city are you in i'm in san antonio texas i was born in san antonio texas did you know that what oh
1: my goodness i didn't Uh, know that
0: yeah i was born there then we moved back and i went to a little bit of middle school at omar and bradley Cool. A- anyway, uh, welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about your photography, the kind of the style you're doing, and and if you're a hobbyist or a pro, and just introduce us to what you're doing.
1: Sure. Well, um, I do all kinds of photography. I do the weddings, of families, you know, the, what I call normal photography. <laughs> but then there's the fun stuff that I do that that I don't consider normal. Um, so I do uh, what's called cosplay. Cosplay. If you're if you're not uh, a super nerd like me, cosplay stands for a costume play basically adults dressing up as characters or, you know, not always adults. I do kids too. But, uh, yeah, so cosplay is a really big growing community of people who make costumes. They go to huge conventions. Um, They spend lots of money. They do really cool stuff. And uh, hopefully they come to me for some really cool photo shoots. So I do a lot of, uh, you know, specific characters like Star Wars characters, um, you know, Digital. Disney princesses whatever um, I also do uh, what I just called styled shoots which is sort of like a theme like a creative idea that's not really a specific character or a specific world um, and uh, yeah we just kind of make uh, make something uh, really interesting and unique and use our imaginations and hopefully come out with some awesome photos in the end awesome well I'm the thing that I think interested me the most as um
0: You know, we heard from a lot of listeners wanting to come on the show, and I look forward to talking with many of them over time. Um, But the thing that really jumped out to me about the photos you're doing is just how much fun uh, is in them. Uh, Sometimes Uh. I think we as photographers are a little bit too serious. I I am sometimes. You know, where we're just like, you look at a photo and it's like, chromatic aber- aberration amateur <laughs> you know <laughs> we're just uh we're, we're pretty serious we're a pretty serious crew sometimes um mm. and i i like that uh that that's not at all the feeling when you look through your portfolio you can tell just like this guy's just Thank having you. a good time with his camera oh, uh,
1: it's so much fun
0: <laughs> and people are gravitating toward it and paying you to do it like you know yeah. even my wedding photos i mean we we had great wedding photos a good photographer but I mean, it, it's, it doesn't have nearly that kind of sense of fun, you know, Mm -hmm. um, where where people are, you know, in a wedding dress and a tuxedo and they're, they're fighting with lightsabers and stuff. And it looks totally realistic. (laughs) Like it's cool. Uh, so I, I just, I just love that as I was looking Mm -hmm. through your photos. So let's step back from that though. And let's go to the beginning because we can see kind of where you are today and some of the great things you're doing. And we'll, and I'll ask more questions about that and the business side as well. Um, but, but let's, Let's step back for a minute and kind of look a little bit at your journey. How did you get started in photography?
1: Yeah. So um, I grew up drawing. I, I, I'm i an artist. I, I call myself an artist because a big part of my life growing up and it's things that I enjoy the way my brain thinks is art and, and drawing and, and things like that. So um, in high school, I uh, picked up my family camera. It was like this awful, like two megapixel, like Sony. I've tried to find it. I cannot find the model. But uh, yeah, a terrible, cheap little, um, you know, they had a motorized opening in front of the lens that would open up lens to come out. Oh, yeah. So those never worked. No. They would always I, break. I destroyed it. <laughs> I used it and I did a two-week missions trip to Germany and I took so many pictures, the The camera died. It just stopped, stopped working. So anyway, started with a family camera, um, kind of uh, had had Photoshop um, and just learned to edit photos. And it was just really fun to just make crazy effects, you know, do awful stuff. I would just totally like roll my eyes at now, but hey, I was having fun. And that, that's what's important. So uh, I really enjoy digital graphic, um, just kind of manipulation and special effects and things like that. Um, got a little more serious with cameras. Uh, my my family got me uh, another DS, uh, like a, it was a nice point shoot that actually had manual mode in it. So I, I started as a hobby photographer as a kid using manual, and I didn't even know any better. <laughs> and it was great. I'm really glad that happened. So I um, eventually started doing portraits of some friends in high school, and I really fell in love with it. Um, up till then I was just doing kind of like still life abstract scenes nature things like that um, which is great for learning Uh, but then I got into people photography and I love people and so it was just like this awesome match of just things that I liked uh, you know relating to people encouraging people and making art about them which is really really fun Um, so really started not really thinking of myself as a photographer I was just doing art with a camera this time instead of a pencil or instead of you know in Photoshop or paint as as a kid So, uh, yeah, I just started from there and just took off.
0: That's cool. So, you know, you mentioned about the camera that shot in manual. You know, I (laughs) I hadn't thought about that, but man, if every like beginner camera, every Nikon D3200, every Canon Rebel um, just only had manual mode, do you know how much better of photographers the world would be? (laughs) 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 Not that Uh, there's anything wrong with shooting in automatic modes. I do all the time. Just that Uh it would force you to learn it. Uh, and mm-hmm. then that would improve everything dramatically.
1: Yeah, I was uh, my brain was learning the exposure triangle without even knowing there was such a thing, and you know I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, when did you? When were you? I
0: guess serious enough, or or wanting to take it to the next level enough that you were like, all right, let's get paid for this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I. Oh man, my first photo shoot. Let me just start here. My first photo shoot. I charged twenty dollars for. Nice. <laughs> And since then, I've done this girl has been one of my super fans. I've done like seven shoots of her so far. So my first shoot with her with twenty bucks, and I took her to a uh, fast food place uh, in New Braunfels, Texas, and I paid for our bill, which was fourteen dollars. I don't know why I paid. I just, you know, I'm a nice guy, so I, I made six dollars. Awesome, <laughs> <Profit>. <laughs> six uh, bucks. So. <laughs> my first date shoot yeah so, so uh, looking
0: back now i i i'll i want to ask more about it but but looking back now just at the price po- price point you charge 20 dollars, and you i'm always <laughs> hearing photographers you know saying you know don't uh, undervalue yourself etc cetera, yeah. et cetera. do you regret that do you regret starting at a ridiculously low price point to just get your feet wet or if you can go back do you think that was a mistake
1: yeah, I don't. I tell photographers to actually shoot for free for for a number of months until they get to a good quality. And you got to start somewhere. Like if I'd started charging 200 bucks on my first photos, that those photos were not worth 200 bucks because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was awful. And, you know, usually most people are when they first start. So I don't regret starting low. You got to start somewhere and work up as you gain as you as you. Well, it's not just beginning to value your work more, but your work is is growing in value. Um, and you're learning things. Your equipment's getting better. You're learning to handle different situations better, and then you're worth some money. Okay, so, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I,
0: I I kind of I kind of feel the same way. Just get started. However, you're going to get started. Get started. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how long did it take to ramp up before you kind yeah. of moved past move past that, and you had the confidence and and were mm-hmm. producing the kind of work that you felt was was you know you're somebody paying a a normal wage for?
1: Sure. It took a few years to really get the guts up to charge over $50 for things. And, um, it was about 2009 ish when I really started to chart, to come up with a system for pricing myself. Um, and, uh, and to charge, you know, I think I started around maybe 75, for like a real short photo shoot and like 150 for a bigger one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was in college and, you know, I was paying for college out of, out of pocket. I was living in Austin. I was broke. I'm like, I need money. And my photos are pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, I, I came up with uh, an excel sheet that pretty much did all the calculations and math for me uh, So I just put in the little you know parameters of how many photos I'm gonna edit or how long the shoots gonna be things like that and spit out a price for me So uh, yeah, I, I started with that system and I actually still use that excel sheet um, To this day, which is pretty cool. Um So it was around that time. And, you know, I've increased every year. I I reevaluate my work and my prices. And, you know, if I'm worth this much and if I'm getting money from my family, that's worth me spending X amount of hours away from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's big because especially Mm -hmm. for shooting, you know, weddings and, you know, senior portraits kind of things, those are on evenings and weekends, which is good because you have a day job, but also it means that's when
1: you're normally with your family, right? Yeah. It's worth a lot. It's worth a lot to me. It's family time. So And what do you do for your day job? I'm an ATM technician. So I drive around uh, town and other towns uh, around us, and I fix ATMs inside those gas stations that you get overcharged by. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, my bank pays
0: those fees. (laughs) Otherwise, I would hate them. Okay so you've got started you you know got your basic gear you started uh, charging for for shoots from mm-hmm. the beginning were you doing this were you doing the kind of fun stuff and and uh, living a little bit more creatively in your shoots or were they more uh, traditional to begin with
1: They're more traditional. And honestly, in the back of my head, I wanted to do more creative stuff. I've always been super, well, it sounds really boasting, saying that I'm a super creative person, but I've always (laughs) been about, I'm I'm always, I'm all about imagination. I always have been since my childhood. So I I wanted to do stuff to use my imagination and to, to do something different, but I didn't know how or what to do. Um, it wasn't until a few years after, you know, that, that period around 07, or 08, and 09, where I got serious about my photography as a, as a small business, uh, it wasn't until a few years after that till I really kind of started to put things together and realize like I can do, you know, special effects. I can do uh, a photo shoot of, you know, um, I don't know, whatever character in this book or this movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, just started to think deeper and really try to figure out what I love to do. That's
0: awesome. Okay, so so how did it begin? How did how did you move from that that kind of traditional shooting mm-hmm. uh, into, I, I guess, how did you become comfortable enough to start doing not crazy um, creative things on mm-hmm. your shoots?
1: Well, one of the first things that really got me into this and really helped me realize I could do it was um, I was talking with a client who I was going to be photographing their wedding. And uh, we were trying to just come up with some fun photo ideas, you know, the typical, there's the jump, there's the everyone pick up the bride, there's the, you know, everyone looks at the ring on the guy's hand and pretends to be girls, just all the typical poses. And I wanted to do something different. Um, And so we were talking and I said, wouldn't that be funny if we did a lightsaber photo, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be funny. I was just kind of throwing it out there as like a funny joke, Mm -hmm. but they actually wanted to do it. So I started thinking, you know, hmm, how can I make this happen? They don't have lightsabers. Uh, you know, you can buy, you can buy easily buy a lightsaber replica for over a thousand dollars. Like these things are not cheap. <laughs> you can Yikes. get ones for a hun- about a hundred bucks, but I was, I was not. thinking maybe like five bucks at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, there's those, but you know, it's a toy and I just, I, I liked, I like to do, um, I like to do when I do props, I want them to look like legitimate, you know, as, as much as possible. Yeah. So I try to avoid the big, thick, clunky toy plastic ones. And, um, you know, if I'm going to have a lightsaber in a picture, I want it to look like the lightsabers in the movies, uh, and that—that's really one of my big driving forces. Is I want things to look, um, like the like whatever they're coming from. I don't want I don't want somebody take to be taken out of my photos because something doesn't really match up. So anyway, back to that idea was. Um, I, I had started doing 3d graphics kind of as a weird side hobby. I was a homeschooler, you know, do I need to say anything else? Way too much time on the computer learning all kinds of cool stuff. And so one of those little things I picked up as a middle schooler was uh, 3d graphics. And I had kind of made a few lightsabers as a hobby just for fun. Um, and then I started thinking like, wait, what if I make them in my 3d program and I bring them into Photoshop and I, you know, composite it, do the masking and blend it in and, uh, do the saber glow. Like, maybe I can make this work. And so, I tried it out on a few test shots, and it looked good. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, they're holding a stick in their hand, (laughs) originally.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, wow. Okay, so there, so (laughs) you, so this, I'm looking at the photo now of a, a bride and a groom holding lightsabers. They were holding a stick, and you put in a 3D model
1: of the lightsaber? It depends on which image you're looking at. Uh, my earlier ones, and still some of them today, are fake. Like yeah, like you said, they're holding. Right now, I have dowel rods. I I, I did some homework on Wikipedia. Yes, it's a website, Wikipedia, <laughs> and I did the measurements of the lightsabers, and I cut dowel rods um, to that measurement. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, that's what I use uh, for clients who don't have fancy lightsaber replicas. Uh, and you're right. I, I I have modeled custom lightsabers for clients. Um, even one time for a whole wedding party, I made a lightsaber for each of them. And um, rendered it in my 3D program, rendered the uh, PNG with transparent background, Photoshopped it in, made it work. Um, Some of my clients have like legitimate lightsabers, which is so much easier. But uh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So like at your (laughs) client meeting where most people are like, oh, how did you guys fall in love? Where did you meet? You're like, okay, let's talk about your lightsaber replicas. So what color color lightsaber are you? (laughs) Well,
1: no, actually... In all seriousness, uh, depending on the stage of the consultation, I will ask, So what are you guys into? <laughs> are you guys into Harry Potter, are you guys into you know whatever? Uh, we'll just go through the list and I'll try to find something that they're in love with. If they're in love with westerns, hey, we'll we'll do that, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. So. That is fun. Okay, so I want to know
0: more about the the 3d modeling. Uh, yeah, what program you're using? Like, are you downloading uh, models, you know, because I know there are a lot of like, open source and public domain, mm-hmm. you know, 3d modeling that people do. So is, is that what yeah. you're doing? Or are you creating the, the items in the 3d modeling software? How does that work?
1: Yeah, well, again, it depends on which situation you're talking about. Since I've done so much of this, uh, it's all mixed. Uh, sometimes I download full models that are are pre-modeled and I uh, will texture it, which means like adding the color and the details onto it. Other times I'll make something from scratch, which I like to do because then there's no like worry about royalties or anything like that. Um, the software I use is called Blender. It is freeware. It is amazing. I love Blender. It's very powerful. Um, you can look up Blender short films on YouTube and just have your mind blown. People make some serious stuff with this program, and it is like zero cents. And it's open source. People are always updating it and adding plugins, and it's just great. So, um, yeah, I model everything in there from scratch. Um, well, not everything, but you know, the stuff that I make, I model myself. Um, you can render photorealistic stuff if you know how to use it right. You know, you can manipulate the lighting, which is really w- what kind of got my brain to thinking. How can I make stuff look realistic? Well, it's all about lighting. Uh, well, not all. It's mostly about lighting and perspective. And so, you, you remember seeing like the old Superman films and the old superhero movies where someone's in front of a green screen and it looks awful um, because the background plays. Yeah, like the, when you know, they're the
0: in the scene
1: driving down the road mm-hmm. in the car, and uh, the yeah, the, it the match, outside you know?
0: is like completely
1: fake. Yes, yes. It's you know when the lighting doesn't match uh, the angle of the light, when the white balance doesn't match. All these things can just ruin an image. You know it's fake because the foreground, which is fake, and the background, which is real, just don't line up. So I'm thinking to myself, how can I fix that? You know, with my photography mind, I know about you know shadows and light angles and white balance. And so when I make a scene try to look realistic, I've got the real image of the person loaded in my 3D software as just a background image, uh, kind of as a placeholder, and I'm matching up the camera's perspective. So if I shot with my wide angle 16 millimeter my digital camera in the 3d program i'm going to set to 16 millimeter so it's got the distortion it's got the you know that uh that compression or or the lack thereof so all these little elements of photography play into the 3d stuff which is which makes it really fun for me Okay, this is cool. All right, I'm going to have to
0: take <laughs> what an, you I'm just said idea. in the last minute, <laughs> and in the whole second half of the podcast, I want to break that down. Uh, yeah. I'd like to kind of jump into the nitty-gritty on this one, because sure. uh, sure. I think it's really cool, and actually, I had a, an idea for a way that I could kind of use a similar technique in a landscape photo, um, mm-hmm. and so I I... I I want to pick your brain on this and and get into the nitty-gritty in the second half. But before we do that, let's take just a minute and thank our sponsors for this episode. This episode is brought to you by canvaspeople.com. With Christmas coming up, that means family gatherings, seeing friends, and another year of celebrating unique traditions. It's time to make memories that you'll cherish for years to come and take tons of great pictures, which you can preserve thanks to a special deal from canvaspeople.com. For those of you who don't know, canvaspeople.com is an easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork. Instead of snapping that beautiful photo and letting it rot on your cell phone or on your camera, you can bring it to life and put it on your walls or give it as a great gift. All canvases are the highest quality and made in the United States. Plus, everything ships fast and with great attention to detail. With over a million happy customers served, you can buy with confidence. Normally, 11 by 14 canvases are priced at $69.99, but now, as a limited-time offer, you can get one free 11 by 14 canvas. Just pay the shipping. To get this amazing deal, go to canvaspeople.com and in, and use offer code improve in the cart at checkout. That's canvaspeople.com promo code improve for a free 11 by 14 canvas. Just 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 pay the shipping. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes in pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. With HelloFresh, all the ingredients are delivered right in a recyclable, insulated packaging, and everything's pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. And HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly, including the Classic Plan, which is the one that I tried out. Um, it has a wide variety of meat, fish, and seasonal produce, the Veggie Plan for vegetarian recipes and plant-based proteins, and the Family Plan, a quick and easy meals the whole family will love. Better yet, you can choose a delivery day that works best for your busy schedule and even pause your account for a few weeks at a time. HelloFresh makes it so easy to cook delicious, balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. No more time-consuming meal planning or grocery shopping. Enjoy not spending money on takeout for an easy night or worrying about gathering ingredients week after week. HelloFresh sent me a box to try it out, and I'm so glad they did. It was really an enjoyable thing. They sent us this really tasty recipe uh, that actually my wife wanted to keep the recipe card after uh, because she liked it. It It's just, I don't know, fancier than we normally cook, and I I really enjoyed it, but it only took a few minutes to cook. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code IMPROVE30. That's thirty dollars off your first week of HelloFresh at hellofresh.com and using the promo code Improve30. All right, you gave us a a little bit of your technique kind of an over overview of your technique in the in the previous answers we were talking in the first half uh but i Mm -hmm. really wanted to to dive into the weeds here um and let me let me kind of tell you the the vision that i've had of something that that i'd like to work on and maybe we can take that as kind of a practical example and you can kind of walk me through how something like that would happen so uh Often, you know, you're shooting a landscape. Let's say you're in kind of a forest scene and it's, you know, beautiful with all kinds of trees and stuff, but there's just not much of a subject uh, there. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I it's been a long time, I saw a photo where somebody used a 3d render of a deer and put it in a scene like this uh (laughs) and it looked completely realistic i had no idea um and it was just really inspiring to me and i thought man that is way cool uh So, I, I'd, like, I'd like to do that just for fun, really. I mm-hmm. mean, most of the times I'm just shooting kind of the landscape as it is, uh, but I, I just love the creative process of, of being able to paint in whatever we imagine, a, like a painter can, you know, just has a blank canvas and can invent uh, what, what becomes yeah. there. I just think that's a fun, creative exercise. So, totally. let's say I wanted to do something like that. Mm-hmm. What's step one? How do I begin that? Let's say I start, you know, I, I actually have the photo and now I want to put something in afterward. Mm-hmm. How does it happen?
1: Yeah, so first you want to get a a good quality 3D model of whatever that thing is you're going to add. Um, You know, if it's something more complicated like an animal or, you know, a car or whatever, um, you can find uh, free websites online. There's a lot. Now that 3D printing is big, 3D models are a big deal, and it's it's a big business. Uh, You can buy stuff to really not worry about royalties and make sure you're getting a really good high quality model. You can download them uh, and pay for them, but there's also freeware websites. Uh, I use Blender as my program. So one website I really like is called blend swap.com. Um, so there's a bunch of really great 3d files in there with different licenses. You know, you got to look at that. Um, so first, so you, get so your you mentioned Blender. Um, yeah. I, I, um, Adobe has a 3d modeling
0: software. I can't remember what it is. Is there a reason you yeah. don't use that one? That's part of the um, creative
1: cloud. Yeah, just because I've already been in Blender, and I I don't I haven't looked at their program, but I just I kind of doubt it's as powerful as Blender, just because it's kind of new. Is that kind of what
0: everybody's using?
1: Yeah, Blender's real popular. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I already know it. So (laughs)
1: so I go and I I find a model and and download Mm it. Yep. And then what? So you're going to bring it into Blender, and uh, you can add a background image into your 3D view, which is kind of like I said, like a reference image. It's not going to be there in the finished result, but it's just in the background. So you would load up your actual photograph into the background of Blender and uh, set your, your, your your image resolution to be the same size as your image, um, you know, whatever the pixel size of that is. So now you've got a a 2D photo in the background of your three-dimensional scene. You would then import your deer or whatever model, 3D model object you want to composite in and, you know, uh, position it wherever you want in the composition. And then the the tricky part is getting the perspective right. So like I said earlier, if if I have a photograph that I shot with a wide angle, um, in the 3D program, if I have, you know, uh, my my digital, my, my, synth, my simulated camera not set to a wide angle, that compression is going to be kind of a dead giveaway, depending on what it is. So that's so, not
0: the model, right? That's just it's a the, setting you're going to choose in Blender of what
1: your view is? Well, in Blender, when you actually, see, there's a camera object, you can have multiple cameras in one scene. And when you render, it's going to render from the perspective of that camera object. Okay. It even looks like a it looks like a little wireframe camera in the 3D program. So uh, the camera has the settings you'd expect. There's even um, aperture. You can do depth of field. Uh, there's the uh, focal length, which is you know wide telephoto settings. Um, so I try to emulate what is in the real photograph as much as possible in the 3D uh, world because that'll make it look more realistic
0: interesting okay so so we get our camera set right and then and what about what about the lighting then you can control the lighting in the program
1: yes that's the next thing that can get pretty complicated uh but it's very rewarding when you get it just right so when i look at my actual photograph i'm thinking to myself a few things first of all where is the light coming from you know in 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 the three dimensions, uh, is it coming from behind them? Uh, second is how large is that light source? Um, you know, is it a really soft sun coming through cloud or is it a real harsh sun? Just coming straight on the person, uh, which you can, in the 3d program, you can, you can change the, uh, source or sorry, the size of your light source. So it can be softer or harsher. Um, of course you can change the color. So if I got a real golden hour photo, uh, I'm going to make my digital sun in my 3d program, you know, kind of yellow, orange, uh to, to again to to emulate what was going on in the real situation. Um and yeah, I just really try to copy that. Uh and once you get the angle of the light right, you want to add a little bit of fill light on the opposite side so it's not just all shadow. Um so it can get pretty complicated as you can imagine. But it doesn't always have to be. Uh sometimes oh, a real cool. simple light setup. Yeah, sometimes a simple light setup will do it.
0: So is it, is it easier or best if I have the subject like in a shadow? Like, cause I was just thinking about that, that idea we were talking about, about putting a deer in a, in a landscape, Mm -hmm. you know, if the deer is backlit and you know, we Mm -hmm. should see all the little hairs on the edges Mm -hmm. of the deer and stuff kind of popped and stuff. Is it good enough that it could recreate that? Or is it going to be better if we kind of keep the deer in a, in a shadow in a neutral light kind of area of the photo?
1: It would be easier if they're in a solid, solid shade spot. Um, for for fake lighting, you know, needs it, it would be much simpler. Uh, you can though. Uh, I mean, Blender can emulate hair. Uh, so you, if you really want to go all out, you could add uh, a hair surface to that deer. And when the sun comes through, it'll glow real nicely. Uh, I actually did a a shoot a while back. It was for a documentary that was made about me, and I wanted to have an angel with. Big legitimate angel wings, and so hold on—you just threw
0: in the sentence and a documentary (laughs) that was made about me. You can't just slip that in a conversation.
1: It's not like National Geographic or anything. It it was a friend of mine that went to school in Austin. She was doing, I think, film journalism or film, and so for her final project, they had to make a documentary about something they love. And she's been a longtime fan of mine, so we did a little ten-minute documentary. You can find it on YouTube. It's pretty awesome.
0: Dude, I, man, put that on your business card and everything. That, that's baller. When you can say that, that is really cool.
1: It was a very humbling and fun experience. So we in the documentary, we, they just kind of followed me around. We did three different creative shoots, and uh, one of them was an angel. So I made these angel wings. I couldn't find any online. So I'm thinking, you know what? This is just this is just my luck I'm gonna have to make this from scratch like I always do because like no one else has done this like so I, I got to do it so I made I modeled every in, individual angel wing uh individually and um, I learned how to do the hair simulation in blender which I'd never done before and it was awesome because when the sun came through those little hairs it just kind of glowed yellow and it looks so realistic um. So, anyway, back to the, your deer. Wow, that is so cool! <laughs> I, oh hair. man, I I I'm getting so inspired
0: by this. This is cool because <laughs> I you you mentioned the website yeah you, uh, you go to for three D models. So I started looking up yeah. just like seeing what's there. Oh, Holy so cow! Much. Like these yeah, look like a stuff. photo. They're so yeah. good.
1: Very realistic. Like I, I said, don't don't be fooled by when I say this is freeware. Uh, blender is awesome. It can do. Oh, I would say oh, it can do Hollywood level stuff in in some areas. Um.
0: Wow, yeah. I was but just other- looking at these photos of like little prop planes and stuff, like a yeah. little yet yellow Piper Cub kind of deal. I thought, man, yeah, that'd be cool awesome. to get it like flying over a little high mm-hmm. mountain lake or something like easy. that. Like, so man, that's do. neat. Yeah.
1: I think you guys said in a recent podcast, you know, they were you all always sort of talking about the future, you know, and and how open we are to it. And one of you all poses the idea of you know adding three D objects into shoots. And I'm thinking, I'm th- listening to that, thinking, yep, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> the future's here. It's, it's happening, and it's
0: going to be way more popular in a few years. I know it is. Okay, so you mentioned um, if you can't, you know, find something uh, to download that you're, um, mm-hmm. you know, making a three D model. Yeah, what's that fun. process <laughs> like?
1: Oh, it's so fun. Uh, depending on the complexity of the object, uh, if, if it's an organic thing, like an animal or, you know, a hand or you know, something that's alive, like with curves and, and, and shape to it, that's a lot more complicated. Um, luckily, my props that I do are mostly, <clears throat> sorry, luckily, my props that I do are mostly sci-fi and fantasy props, which are called hard body objects, which means they're, they're hard surfaces. You know, like a lightsaber is metal. It's got edges and it's cylindrical. It's easy, to, very easy to make. Um, I actually have a YouTube channel. If you look up Daniel Grove Photo on YouTube, uh, I have a part one and part two of how to make a lightsaber in Blender. And it's kind of aimed at people who've never touched Blender before. So if you really want to get into this or just watch something cool, uh, look that up, look up how to make a lightsaber um, on my channel. And um, there's a walkthrough of how to use Blender from start to finish and how to make a lightsaber, how to set the lighting up, um, environmental lighting, making it shiny and reflective. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, modeling, you you start with polygons and shapes and you're just extruding and you're manipulating, you're, you're moving around um, objects in a really interesting 3D space. Um, and to me, that really excited me. The reason why I got into 3D graphics when I was young was because, um, I had always been drawing, and I love to draw just crazy stuff, you know, um, fantasy, sci-fi, um, things like that. And in the 3D space, everything is completely unlimited. Like, you can zoom in and keep adding detail. If you have enough time, you can, you can make things more and more realistic. And, um, I mean, I could model a whole city. If I, if I had no life, if I had the time, and if I had a reason, I could do everything down to the smallest detail. Um, so just the, the possibility the, the creative possibilities are really endless with 3d and I really like that.
0: Wow. You're blowing my mind here. This is so cool. <laughs> it's an uh, honor. <laughs> huh,
1: okay. So, so, yeah,
0: all right. All right. I totally sidetracked us with, with my amazement <laughs> over this. Um, okay. I totally sidetracked I us, but let's, we, we were at the lighting stage. So we set our mm-hmm. lighting. Is that yep. it? I mean, is that next? Now we export it and pop it in, in the photo in Photoshop. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you, you would render it in Blender with uh, no background. So it's just transparent. You can save any image format you can imagine. You can also make animations, which is really fun. But uh, I do PNG with uh, transparent, you know, alpha background. Um, and I've just got just the model. Um, you can, if you want, you can export like a shadow layer. Of like, if there's any cast shadows on the ground, you can do that as well. And you can put that in Photoshop too. Um, and I usually just hand draw shadows though. Uh, is it so exported bring,
0: as a vector or as, as pixels? No,
1: just Rasterize pixels. Yeah. Okay. I, I th- you can you can export uh, 3D files as uh, SVG vector files if you want though, but that's sort of different. So um, Photoshop, you bring in. You've got your background layer, which is your original image that you shot of your landscape. Then on top, you've got the foreground layer from Blender, which is the, um, the just the deer or whatever the object is. And then you there's additional things you can do to really add realism. Um, one is cast shadows obviously mm-hmm. uh, if if it's visible add a cast shadow on the ground um, you can uh, you need to make sure that the white balance and the color cast matches and my favorite tool in photoshop recently is the color balance tool do you, do you use that much no It's awesome. It's Control-B. And so, well, Windows. And uh, so the the Color Balance tool, you've got uh, shadows, medium tones, and highlights. And in each of those three categories, now you've got a slider between, like, cyan and red and magenta and green and uh, yellow and blue. Uh, so you can really affect the, the uh, it's it's basically color grading. Sure. Um, it's a really great color grading tool. So um, I'll bring in my thing and I'll try to match, you know, if it's a warm scene, then I'm going to you know, bring up the reds and yellows, maybe in the highlights or maybe the medium tones. So coloring is important. And then, um, you know, atmosphere is important. So some of my scenes I've done, I've got a lot of fog going on in the front foreground and the, the person that's behind or the object that's fakely added behind that fog does, it needs to be washed out because that's what fog does. So I'll use curves and I'll kind of like the matte effect. I'll bring up that bottom black point and it'll, it just looks so much better when you match the, those tones, the, the, the values. Like that. So, um, yeah, a lot of adjustment layers (laughs) are being used. Um, Sometimes masking. um, Yeah.
0: It seems like on most of these you're putting some object from the photo... Uh, partially obscuring the rendered mm-hmm. object. For example, a hand over part of the lightsaber, people yeah. in front of the T-Rex, which is the one I want to talk about. <laughs> you like that one? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's cool. So it's a, it's a <laughs> wedding party running mm-hmm. like they're terrified uh, down, yes. the, down the path here, and then there's you know T-Rex chasing behind them. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so, so, yeah, but uh, I'm seeing in a lot of these, you're, have, you're obscuring part of the model with, with part of the photo.
1: Yeah, that just really sells it to your subconscious and really uh, really sells it to your, your brain that this is you know, something more realistic than something floating in midair. So um, how I do that is just masking. Um, I add a mask to the 3D layer or the, the foreground layer, zoom in real close, and uh, you know, eventually I'm doing just pixel painting almost with my brush tool. Um, And just making it, masking it out and making things, you know, slide in behind stuff. And, you know, if I've got a fake lightsaber in someone's hand, same thing, I'm zooming in and um, I'm masking it, uh, uh, I'm masking out the part where their hand is. So it looks like it's inside their hand.
0: Wow, that is neat. You know, I... I was just reading an article about a I probably most of us have seen in the new iPhones they're they're getting a essentially a 3D model of your face when you take a picture and that's how they're doing yeah. the face ID and stuff. Um, yeah. And Apple just invested three hundred sixty million dollars in a <laughs> in a company that you know basically does this, just shoots out a little laser through the uh, through the camera uh, wow. to 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 get a three D model of whatever you're taking a picture of. And mm. I just thought, man, how powerful is that going to be for it's photography incredible. when not only do we have you know, the, the 2D image, but we have all the data from a 3D image. You know, we we yeah. know exactly how far and how large each object is mm-hmm. uh, because when you have this tiny, tiny little camera phone, It obviously has no depth of field. It's too tiny for that. Um, But if it knows, you know, when it sees a face and it can tell how deep that face is, you know, Mm -hmm. to the back of the head, then it can get every hair razor sharp and make the background blurry, which it can already do. But it's not perfect, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not perfect. But when we have that, wow, that is neat. Uh, So, man, if you had that kind of data in your photos, uh, putting in 3D models and stuff would just become that much easier.
1: Yeah, it could be The 3D scanning technologies, uh, it really, in the past 10 years, have, have just been amazing. I remember watching a video like 2005, 2006 of this guy. He was holding like a, a three dimensional object that he made out of paper. It was like a cube with some like pyramid on the top. He's holding it in his hand, and it had a uh, pictures printed on all sides. And he was literally just rotating it around in front of a really bad webcam. And he had this program that would make a 3D object from what it saw. So it was smart, it could track the edges and the points on, on this object he was holding. And as he rotated around in his hand, it made a 3D model with the images that he had on the actual object. So things like that uh, are are big right now. Laser scanning. Um, I think Radiohead has this really cool music video where they drove through a neighborhood with this rotating laser scanning device and it scanned the entire neighborhood into a 3D model. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that crazy. That uh, is crazy. I um, need
0: one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dude out of the week. Laser scanners.
1: <laughs> it's only a few tens of tens of thousands of dollars, you know. No big no deal. No problem. <laughs> Christmas.
0: <laughs> Not when it comes with lasers.
1: That justifies (laughs) everything. So yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool things out there for capturing things in 3D now um, because uh, you know movie industry, uh, gaming, uh, 3D printing. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff. My, one of my friends he does 3D printing as a hobby and he actually makes props for cosplayers. He, make, he made he he made me a lightsaber. I 3D printed one of my lightsaber models that I made, um, and I have it. It's really cool. But anyway, he uses an Xbox. Um, I think it's called the Sight or iSight, Maybe that's the PlayStation one. But you know you know you know the the three dimensional like camera thing. That have for xbox yes like you use it for like the dance games so that has three-dimensional depth detection in it and it has for years so he uses that to scan his models he does photography too but he'll scan a model in 3d and he'll 3d print the model like a tiny little version of them wow and and i'm talking i'm talking about human models (laughs) model models and this is really cool like there's all there's all kinds of open source things and weird tools you can use to to do that
0: Wow, that is, that's really cool. I, I love that. That's really cool. Well, so you've, you've incorporated this into into your photography. Is it every client who, who wants this? I mean, surely they see it in your portfolio before they hire you. Uh, but mm. are, are you doing this with almost every client? Or is this still a kind of, you know, whenever somebody is fun?
1: No, nah, it's really whenever they ask for it. And, you know, I realize not every client I get is going to be a super nerd like me. Not every client's going to want a lightsaber. Um, and I don't want to die cast myself. Uh, I, I was writing someone one time and I said, hey, if you ever want to do some portraits. She was like graduating. I said, if you want to do graduation portraits? Let me know. I'd love to. She's like, yeah, if I want to do a Star Wars shoot, I'll let you know. I'm thinking, <laughs> come on. This is is the downside. I I don't want to tight cast myself. So um, yeah, if they ask for something special, then we'll start talking and I'll start brainstorming and throwing ideas out there. Like I said, I really want to see what they're into. I don't want to do what I love. I want to make an image that they're going to love, which is going to be something that they love. So you know, if the guy's a firefighter, let's go to the fire station and do something creative that way. It doesn't have to always be special effects. Um, but uh, hey, if, if if they want something that they don't have, like if they want to have a huge battle axe, you know, and they don't have a huge battle axe. Well, I can help you there.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. And how do you charge for such a service? Battle axe right. placement. <laughs>
1: Oh, that one, that's, that's a premium. No, um, uh, I don't charge any extra right now for my creative shoots. I've much fun doing it. Yeah. It's so much fun for me. It's kind of a payoff for me. Um, so right now I don't charge any different. I charge the same as I would for a one hour family shoot as I do a a star Wars thing, you know, for example, with a bunch of stuff added. Um, yeah, the same right now. (laughs) That is really fun.
0: Well Daniel, it's been great to have you on the show and and get to pick your brain at this I'd love to take a whack at this and uh, and give it a try sure. I'm gonna look through my library and see if there's mm-hmm. see if there's something I think I could pull this off with so I may be emailing with follow-up questions you didn't oh, know yeah, what you I'd signed up for <laughs> yeah let me help you if you have any questions <laughs> That's great. Well, in every episode, we like to give uh, a doodad of the week, and you've been listening for a while, and now your one chance, what is your doodad <laughs> oh, this week?
1: Oh, uh, It's a trick question. There's so many little things I love to use. and um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to have to settle for an easy one. It's right here in front of me. It's my Wacom tablet. I've got the Medium uh, Intuos. And uh, with the pen stylus, I love this thing because I use it for my my detailed Photoshop work. You know, I do a lot of brush painting and masking, uh, lots of selecting people and removing them out of backgrounds. And that is just no fun with a mouse. And it's even worse with a laptop trackpad. That will just make you hate photography right there. Selecting edges with a laptop mouse. uh, It's just no fun. So um, (laughs) I use my Wacom for that. Uh, And it actually makes selecting things fun again, if you can imagine that. I, I love it.
0: Huh, very cool! I, I have mentioned so many times. I'm due again for another try mm-hmm. of the Wacom. I didn't love it when I had them yeah, before, but work, I, huh? I'm due again. I'm due again to try
1: it. I'll use it in place of my mouse. So if I'm just browsing, I like to use it. I love this thing. I've, it did take some. It did take a, a week or two to really get into it, and every month after that, I got more and more like in oh. love with it. So.
0: Yeah, You know, okay, this is a little bit revealing, but I hold a pencil like a child. I I put four fingers on one side of the pencil and my thumb on the other, like you see a kindergartner hold a crayon. Uh, I just, I don't know why, but I just never quite broke it as a kid. And so it hurts my thumb to hold a pencil for long. Like Uh. really, I, I write... You know, th- the only time I ever hold a pencil is to sign my name. That's it. Mm. <laughs> so it's just not super comfortable for me. Uh, a mouse is is a great
1: mm. thing. Uh, Interesting. But well, I don't that know. makes sense. But, why you didn't like it the first time? Yeah,
0: maybe I need to learn how to write like a like a big kid. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> well my uh, recommendation uh, is actually one that has been an advertiser in the past but this is not an advertisement and uh, and is not paid by them uh, and it's just audible um, and and the reason that I I'm recommending this one is I was just looking uh, over this last year so I, I do they have a whole bunch of different membership levels it's just audiobooks you can get on your phone um, but I've read over 75 audiobooks this year yeah uh, I, I love reading I like especially if, if you're if you're in business at all um man it's just it's a really cheap education (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you know to, to get your business going and stuff or really for whatever you do you know if you're reading just uh fiction books just for entertainment or whatever but almost all the books i read are nonfiction. um so audible is the one that i recommend i'm on the the uh one the annual plan where you just pay once a year and you just get a whole dump of of credits at once, um, and then you also get cheaper credits during the year when you run out of credits and you want to buy them cheaper. So um, anyway, I just want to encourage everybody to take a take a look at Audible uh, if you want to get smarter this year, kind of level up in whatever it is you're doing, or just find some enjoyment. Then uh, Audible's
1: my recommendation. Hey J- Jim, yeah, uh, I just had a I just had a fire alarm go off. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a real high-pitched ringing. I'm worried it might be uh, recorded. I don't know if you want to back up a little bit. Nope, that's okay. Sorry. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Everybody Uh, just heard your fire alarm. Actually, I didn't even hear it. You're fine. Hope your house didn't burn down. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show, Daniel. It was great talking with you. thank you you
1: so much. It was awesome. Appreciate it.